Mr. Speaker, Her Majesty the Queen commands this Honourable House attends Her Majesty immediately in the House of Peers. The House of Lords, the gilded upper chamber where the Queen addresses Parliament, surrounded by bishops, law lords, peers of the realm. But beneath the pomp and pageant, these are the people we rely on to scrutinise legislation, develop the laws of the land and hold the government to account. Baroness Jones. I beg leave to ask the question standing in my name on the order paper. Minister, Lord Callanan. The IPCC report reaffirms the importance of... So who gets to sit in the House of Lords really does matter. It seems like it's a nailed-on position that as soon as you take the job as treasurer and also donate a huge amount of money, you suddenly get elevated to the House of Lords. In an extraordinary new investigation, the Sunday Times Insight team have revealed a pathway by which some of the UK's wealthiest men are being awarded with peerages. One ex-minister said that it's become institutionalised. He says, it shows how prime ministers use it simply as a reward mechanism. Once you pay your £3 million, you get your peerage. The Insight investigation shows how 16 Conservative Party treasurers who donated large sums to the party were later offered a peerage. Becoming a lord is not just about taking a title. It also puts you in a position where you decide on laws that are going through the House. And so it does seem that the Conservative Party are undermining the importance of Parliament's second chamber. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the great untold peerage scandal. The Sunday Times Insight team are renowned for carrying out some of the most groundbreaking investigations on Fleet Street. We've spoken to them on the podcast about the government response to the pandemic, the growing influence of China on the World Health Organization, and the links between a member of the royal family and the Russian regime. It was also an Insight investigation that first brought the Cash for Question scandal to light back in the 1990s. I'm Jonathan Calvert. I'm the editor of the Insight team at the Sunday Times. And I'm George Arbuthnot, and I'm the deputy editor of the Insight team. Now they have a new investigation. For the last few months, they've been speaking to a long list of... Ex-cabinet ministers, donors, former party chairmen, members of the Lord's Appointment Commission and party workers who have been operating within the Conservative Party. And six former Conservative ministers have admitted to us that the way their party's leaders have used peerages to reward its most generous financial backers is one of the great untold scandals in Westminster today. Political parties nominate candidates for the House of Lords. And since May 2000, an independent body, the House of Lords Appointments Commission, has been vetting the political nominations. The list should include people who've excelled in business or science or the arts, or people who've shown a lifetime of public service. But Insight's new investigation shows the current system is also consistently rewarding wealthy donors who have a position in the Tory party. 
the latest appointment in this long list, is a man who was ennobled in February this year, amid a torrent of controversy. Peter Andrew Crudus, to the state, degree, style, dignity, title and honour of Baron Crudus, of Shoreditch in our London borough of Hackney. He is a self-made man who left school at 15 and created this company, which was an online trading company in the city called CMC Markets. And he made an awful lot of money out of it. He is now in our Sunday Times Rich List as having a fortune of £1.3 billion. I mean, it makes him the 127th richest person in the country. I, Peter Lord Crudders, do swear by Almighty God that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty the Queen, her heirs and successors, according to law. So help me God. And Crudders at that time had given an awful lot of money to the party. And about three days after he was sworn in, he gave another... £500,000, half a million pounds to the party, which took his donations to over £3 million. That £3 million figure is significant, and we'll be coming back to it a little later. But it wasn't the only reason Peter Crudus's elevation to the House of Lords was proving contentious. Last December, the six members of the House of Lords Appointments Commission met to consider what is one of the most controversial nominations they've ever been faced with. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, had put Peter Crudders forward for a peerage. The committee, which is made up of two lords, two baronesses, a lord lieutenant and a bishop, met via video link. And we've spoken to a source uh, with knowledge of the deliberations. And they say that the committee was under pressure from the Prime Minister to rubber stamp the creditors' decision quickly. Now, before them, they, as per the normal vetting processes, they had a series of confidential documents that they had to assess. They could read them, but they could not keep these documents because it was so sensitive. When the six peers looked at all the information before them, they did not like what they read. We don't know exactly what those documents recorded but we know they will have included a list of Peter Crudus's donations to the Conservative Party, including a £50,000 payment to Boris Johnson's leadership campaign the previous year. And what it also be provided was a written assurance from the Conservative Party chairman that Crudus's big donations had had no bearing on the Prime Minister's decision to nominate him. They looked at two things. One was that back in 2012, Curtis had been forced to resign as the Conservative Treasurer after an investigation by Insight at the Sunday Times. Another Insight triumph. That investigation, back in 2012, caused a huge splash. The headline was Cash for Cameron. Cosy Club buys the PM's ear. We had filmed him offering access to the Prime Minister, uh, David Cameron at the time, in return for a £250,000 donation to the party. In fact, some of our bigger donors have been for dinner in number 10 Downing Street uh, in the Prime Minister's private apartment with Samantha. Things will open up for you. Mm. It'll be awesome for your business. You'll You'll be well pleased because your guests will get photographed with David Cameron. Yeah. We do that, you know. He had initially been forced to resign and he apologised for his bluster. And then lo and behold, about three months later, 
he issued a libel claim against us over the story. And we had a long, long libel battle with him. We were forced to go to the court to appeal twice. In March 2015, the High Court found that Peter Crudis had offered access to David Cameron in exchange for donations to the party, and that this was morally corrupt. The Court of Appeal found that Crudis corruptly offered access to David Cameron and other leading members of the government in exchange for donations to the Conservative Party. As Party Treasury told our undercover reporters that... A hundred grand is not Premier League. It's not bad. It's, it's probably bottom of the Premier League. 200 grand, 250 is Premier League. Right. If they made a substantial donation to the party, they would be given the opportunity to influence government policy and to gain an unfair commercial advantage through confidential meetings. If you're unhappy about something, you can get, we can, we'll, we'll listen to you and we'll put it into the policy committee at number 10. We feed all feedback into the policy committee. The Court of Appeal said that this behaviour was unacceptable inappropriate and wrong. And so obviously when the House of Lords Appointments Committee read this, they were concerned. And what sources close to the committee have told us that their concern was twofold. They felt that the Prime Minister Boris Johnson would not have recommended Peter Crudis for a peerage because he had this black mark against his name. They felt that one of the kind of major factors that the Prime Minister must have been giving credit to the peerage was because he'd made substantial donations to the party. They don't always agree, the um, House of Lords Appointments Commission, but on this one, they were unanimous. And they decided that they should recommend that the Prime Minister did not put Peter Crudis forward for a peerage. They instantly got a letter back from the Prime Minister um, saying that his broad range of experiences and insights across the charitable, business and political sectors will, in my view, allow him to make a hugely valuable contribution to the work of the House. And on this basis, it is my intention to recommend his appointment to Her Majesty in light of that benefit to public service. I would like to reassure you and your colleagues that I see this case as a clear and rare exception. Whilst the Commission's role is advisory, I continue to place great weight on your careful and considered opinions. And that is the first time that any Prime Minister has ever gone against the advice of the House of Lords Appointments Commission. One of the commissioners told us that it left a very bad taste in their mouth because they felt that um, it was completely wrong for the Prime Minister to overrule them on this. Lord Crudis didn't respond to requests for comment, but he has previously denied any link between his donations and his peerage. Lord Crudis's story is one of many in a pattern carefully recorded in Insight's latest investigation. The party treasurer, a recurring figure in their findings, is supposed to be responsible for party finances and fundraising. They're appointed by the party leader and rarely do the job for more than three years. They are the kind of the figurehead. They're always wealthy people and they're asked to tap up their friends and help the Conservative Party fundraising. The Insight investigation revealed that every party treasurer in the last seven years who gave at least £3 million to the party was offered a peerage. In fact... Over decades now, it's become the most ennobled job in Britain. If you're a Tory party treasurer and willing to pay £3 million, 
you have more chance of becoming a peer than if you were the head of a charity, a national institution, or even if you're a former prime minister. What we could see was that in recent years, there seems to be a threshold of £3 million or more. And at that point, the Conservative Party seems to then reward the treasurer with a peerage. So it seems like it's nailed on, really. The position of the Conservative Party seems to be that it chooses someone to be its temporary treasurer. And they are expected to donate a huge amount of money. And then they are elevated to the House of the Lords, which is a highly controversial way to appoint someone to a job which has such an important role in our constitution. Becoming a lord is not just about taking a title. It also puts you in a position where you decide on laws that are going through the House. And so it does seem that the Conservative Party are undermining the importance of Parliament's second chamber by rewarding people who've given them substantial amounts of money. There are exceptions. For example, one of the most recent treasurers was a man called Sir Mick Davis, and he gave something like £5.6 million to the Conservative Party. We couldn't understand why, given the pattern, he hadn't also been elevated to the Lords. But sources close to him told us he had, in fact, been offered a peerage. And, in fact, what had happened was that he'd just turned it down. And when we look back through the treasurers and the other major donors who'd been elevated to the House of Lords, 22 in total, between them, they had donated £54 million to the Conservatives, which just shows how important they are to the party. The Insight team has spoken to a number of party insiders who were alarmed by their findings but wouldn't go on the record, saying there was an omerta or code of silence on the subject. One ex-minister said that it's become institutionalised that the Conservative Party treasurer is popped into the House of Lords, as, as he put it. And he said that the research that um, we've done about the donation patterns was particularly damning and showed how transactional the system had become. I quote him, he says, it shows how prime ministers use it simply as a reward mechanism. Once you pay your £3 million, you get your peerage. And we also spoke to a Conservative insider who said he'd been told by a Tory donor that a Conservative Party treasurer had enticed him into donating a million pounds to the party by saying it could lead to him receiving a seat in the House of Lords. He said the Conservatives were dangling peerages before donors like carrots, and everyone in the party was aware of the cynical operation. Give us a bit of context of that. I mean, how unusual is it for so many treasurers of the party to be made? Peers. From our research, it's clear that the Conservative Party have put so many of their own treasurers into the House of Lords that it's actually become the most ennobled job in Britain over the last decade. There'd be more treasurers put into the House than holders of the great offices of state, leaders of business or charities, or even prime ministers themselves. And George, when they are becoming peers, are they at least doing the job properly? So the key argument that the Conservative Party makes for putting their donors and treasurers into the House is often their professional experience in business or finance, and they say that that will help inform legislation. But we had a look at what some of the treasurers were actually doing in the House and how were they contributing in the chamber. And our data team worked out that the average spoken contribution for a life peer 
uh, was 16 per annum per year. And we then looked at the five of the most recent donor treasurers and we found that Lord Lupton has spoken on average twice a year since he joined the House. Lord Fraser was once a year. Lord Brownlow was three times a year. Lord Spencer has spoken just once since he was appointed over a year ago. And Lord Crudders has spoken on two occasions since he was appointed in February. I will do my best to support your Lordship's house with my experience and expertise. I will do so freely and with an open mind. My objective is to be an asset here. That gives you a sense of the lack of spoken contribution they've been making. The other thing we looked at was the number of Tory donors that have been ennobled since they came to power in 2010 compared to other parties and the people's peers. People's peers are appointed not by the political parties, but by the Lord's Appointments Commission as non-partisan, cross-bench life peers. The system was set up to recognise achievement, but also to select people who could contribute usefully to the House of Lords. Our analysis showed that there have been 22 Tory donors appointed to the Lords in the last 11 years. That compares to two donors from the Labour Party put into the Lords and five donors from the Liberal Democrats. And it also compares to 17 people's peers being appointed during that period. The Insight team did find one former Tory treasurer, now in the House of Lords, who has made regular speeches. Michael Farmer, hedge fund millionaire, was made treasurer in around about 2011, and he accepted his peerage in 2014. And to be fair, he has been very active in the Lords. Um, He's given 155 spoken contributions and asked 90 questions. I mean, he obviously has quite an interest in the work of the Lords and does the kind of things that you would hope all the lords would do when they go into there and take the job seriously. Before he took over as treasurer in 2011, he had actually given evidence to the Committee on Standards and Public Life inquiry into donor culture. And he actually said some very interesting things because he told the committee at the time that he actually regretted the fact that people had been given peerages who said that they were going to attend the House of Lords and hardly ever turned up. I mean, I think he was referring quite a lot to some of his colleagues in the Conservative Party. He was probably also referring to some of the Lords that Labour created in those days as well. What he suggested was that the, the name House of Lords should be scrapped and it should be turned into the upper house to discourage those who are merely seeking the cutis of a peerage. And therefore, if you're not called a Lord, then it doesn't have the same glamour attached to it. So it is all about the title rather than wanting to, to contribute. Yeah, well, that's what he's suggesting. And then he was asking, well, if you did that, uh, would that decrease the amount of donation to the Conservative Party? And rather than tellingly, he said, it might do, yes. It's quite an admission. And he kind of talked about the kind of subtle way that the political parties sucked their donors in. He said, and I'm quoting him now, he said, you think of supporting a political party and then you hear, there is a peerage attached. Oh, I never thought of a peerage, but now that sounds rather interesting. George, you talked to him, didn't you? He admitted that there was a tradition of Tory treasurers being given peerages, but he said that it certainly wasn't something that he had considered uh, when he took on the job. And he said he wasn't too bothered about being a lord, although he did beforehand, but he did did obviously feel like it was a great opportunity to contribute. Did he think it was a healthy trend? 
so many treasurers do become peers now. When I asked him why it was a tradition for the treasurers to become lords, he said no comment. So he, he clearly felt it was a, quite a delicate area to go into. Coming up, if the system is broken, how do you fix it? But first... I'm Emma Tucker, editor of The Sunday Times. It's thanks to listeners like you that we're able to provide journalism that matters. Get to the heart of the story every day with The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today and enjoy one month free. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Given the crucial role the House of Lords plays in our legislature, Are there any laws guarding against people effectively buying peerages? Is there any way of holding people to account? There is a law, about 100 years old, almost. It's the Honours Prevention of Abuses Act in 1925, which made it political offence for political parties to sell peerages. It was introduced by the Liberal leader, David Lloyd George, because there was a scandal at the time over over the way that they were using this theatre producer called Maundy Gregory as a tout to sell peerages and other honours in return for um, political donations. But in practice, it's rarely ever been used. Gregory is the only person actually who's ever been prosecuted under the law. And in fact, the only time we know that it was really tested was back in 2006. This newspaper did something called the Cash for Honours investigation, in which the Labour Party had been found to um, being rewarding peerages to a number of wealthy benefactors who'd given large loans to the party. And there was a big police investigation. The murky business of the so-called cash-for-peerages affair has taken some curious new turns this week. Tony Blair became the first Prime Minister to be questioned by the police as part of a political corruption inquiry that went on for 16 months. Lord Levy has been arrested and questioned by the police in what's become known as the loans-for-peerages scandal. In the end, however... Breaking news tonight, the BBC understands there will be no charges in the Cash for Honours inquiry. The case was dropped due to insignificant evidence. A big file went to the Crown Prosecution Service and what the CPS ruled was that in order for it to be an offence, there had to be a specific agreement between the party and the individual in which the party had said, look, you give this money, we'll give you a, a peerage. 
And so where would the evidence be of that? And equally, they say that it's not an offence for somebody to give money to a political party in the hope that it might increase their chances of getting a peerage. And what's quite striking about it, and one of the ex-conservative ministers that we talked to was pointing out that, in effect, what you did by rewarding your treasurer donors in this way was you were kind of advertising the fact that if you took the job as treasurer and you gave a certain amount of money, then you get a peerage. You don't even need to make an agreement with somebody. It is implicit in taking the role. Another pattern the Insight team spotted was how quickly these lavish Tory donors stopped giving money to the party once they got their seats in the Lords. There are one or two who will carry on giving as they gave before, but quite a lot of them, the donations just drop off a cliff afterwards and they give hardly any money after they've been placed in the Lords. I think in particular of one Lord, Lord Andrew Fraser, who was an investment banker, and he was the treasurer under the late years of David Cameron's prime ministership. And shortly before Cameron's resignation office, just I think it was five weeks before, he gave a donation of £261,900, which took the total sum he denoted to over the three million threshold to about £3.1 million. And after taking the title, he then abruptly ended his donations the following year and never gave another penny to the party. And, you know, given that you've shown in your investigation, there does seem to be this pattern. If you give enough money to the Conservative Party and become a treasurer, if you give over three million, you do seem to get a peerage. Is there any chance that the law could be applied in this case? Rather than kind of criminalising people who do it, possibly the answer is to toughen up the powers of the House of Lords Appointments Commission. And if they felt that the donations were having an influence on the party rewarding the donor with a peerage, then they should be able to block them. And they should have absolute power to do so. And the Prime Minister should not be able to override them. That would solve a lot of the problem. Even Lord Fowler, who was an ex-Conservative minister, he was until recently the Lord Speaker in, in the House of Lords, points out that the big donors do want something for their money. So this might really be a question for fundraising reform. George, at the same time, it comes when people have been talking about reform of the House of Lords for a while, and we have recently seen it swell in numbers. I mean, how is this contributing? Since Boris Johnson took over two years ago, there have been 96 new peers have been created. And the overall membership of the Lords has swollen to over 800. It means that the Lords has now considerably more members than even the European Parliament. And it's the second biggest chamber in the world behind the Chinese People's Congress. That's remarkable for such a small country. That's right. And it costs around £120 million of taxpayers' money a year to run. So each time a new Lord is added, that cost increases. There was a committee uh, of the House, uh, which was chaired by a crossbencher and economist called Lord Burns, which three years ago recommended that the number of peers should be cut to 600. As a result, Theresa May did limit the number of appointments that she was making and the size of the Lords was reducing. But when Johnson came in, you know, he disregarded that advice and that upset Lord Fowler, who was the Speaker of the House at the time, who described 
Johnson's approach as an abandonment of an established policy. The, the extraordinary thing about the House of Lords, uh, which is extremely unusual in a modern democracy, and I have to admit I hadn't appreciated before I we started looking at this, is that the Prime Minister effectively has complete power over the system. He decides how many lords uh, are made, who gets to be a lord. You know, he even decides how many lords other parties will be allowed to make. And if he wanted to make hundreds of conservative lords, he could. Uh, there's nothing to stop him apart from just the sheer shame of it. I mean, it is surprising, isn't it, that for the chamber that's supposed to effectively hold the lower chamber to account... I hadn't quite realised that an eighth of the House of Lords now is entirely contributed by by Boris Johnson in the last two years. Yeah, that's right. And what are the ideas for reform that are being kicked around at the moment? We spoke to Lord Jay, who chaired the House of Lords Appointment Commission between 2008 and 2013. And he acknowledged that the rewarding of donors with peerages has been an increasing problem in recent years. He believes the commission should be given powers so that the Prime Minister cannot overrule their decisions like he did on Crudders. He also thinks there should be new powers so that the commission appoints more people's peers, which will you know, increase diversity and the knowledge base of the House. And he said that there's a constant stream of nominations for people with highly distinguished careers as people's peers. And he was also very frustrated at the kind of trickle who have been appointed by the recent Tory Prime Ministers. Lord Fowler, the former Lord Speaker, wants to have a, a proper independent inquiry into the House of Lords. There are big issues. I mean, the size of the House is, is one of them. The lack of diversity in the House is another. I mean, there are only just over a quarter of well, peers are women. And part of that will look at the House of Lords Appointments Commission. And I think there's a growing clamour for that to be toughened up and put on a statutory basis. So it is completely independent of both the government and the Prime Minister, and that its decisions on whether someone should go to the Lords or not is final. And you mentioned earlier that you know there is almost a, a, a code of a murder amongst politicians in talking about this. How hard has it been to investigate this story and how long has it taken you? Well, we've been working on this story for probably uh, two months now, I think. And it is a tremendously difficult area to get into because it really isn't something the Conservative Party likes to talk about. There was quite a lot of anger in the party from several quite senior people, such as ex-cabinet ministers, ex-conservative chairman, but most of them did not feel able to go on the record about it. I think they fear that they would attract too much attention if they start to criticise their own party. And also there were ex-ministers such as Anna Subri, who has obviously fallen out of the party and she's left the party, who were very, very critical of the way that the party has been operating this peerage reward service. What did she say? She found it shocking that donors were elevated to the laws after giving three million or more. She makes a very strong point. She said, it's a critical part of our legislature. This isn't something like being made a knight or a CBE or any of the other honours that is within the gift of the government. Laws and bills have to go to the Lords, and it's been grossly abused. It's an embarrassment. It's absolutely appalling. It just undermines the real value of the House of Lords and those members who actually play a really important part of it. 
Now, there's no suggestion that any of the donors we've named requested or were promised a peerage or were directed to pay any particular sum to secure an honour. However, numerous Conservative sources have been highly critical of the way the party appears to be using peerages to reward large donors. They say it's morally corrupt and wrong. In response to Insight's investigation, Lord Lupton declined to comment. Lord Brownlow didn't respond to repeated requests for comment, and Lord Spencer denied he took the role as treasurer and made donations in order to secure a peerage. The team also approached the party. So a Conservative Party spokesman said that we do not believe that successful business people and philanthropists who contribute to political causes and parties should be disqualified from sitting in the legislature. And Jonathan, what about Downing Street? What have they said? On Saturday, they sent us a short statement which said, it's wrong to criticise individuals being honoured just because they've also chosen to support or donate to a political party. Donations should be transparent, but that is not an excuse to not people for broader philanthropy, enterprise or public service. In the UK, political parties have to raise money for themselves. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Jonathan Calvert and George Arbuthnot, editor and deputy editor of The Sunday Times Insight Team. You can read the full Insight investigation at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producers today were Edward Drummond and Arlie Adlington. The executive producer was James Shield, and sound design was by Falcon Kisseltuk. If there's a story you'd like us to look into, any ideas for future episodes, or if you have any thoughts on what you've just heard, do drop us a line to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.